Well, perhaps you saw on the news a few days ago, there was to be an atheist convention in a few weeks to be one of the largest ever, and it featured Richard Dawkins as the keynote speaker. He's a well-known author and professor and discusses his belief in atheism quite often. And the convention, though, a few days ago said they had to cancel. There was a lack of interest and a lack of ticket sales. Literally, this is their theme that they were going to use, reason to hope. So it's not hard to see why a group that teaches life has no purpose would have a hard time selling tickets to teach people a reason to hope from that standpoint. We are now entering into the Advent season where we discuss in a very special time of year the reason for our hope. And of course, we know the angel's statement, Behold, I bring you good news. We're going to look at something that Paul has to say about living out that good news in day-to-day life. And it's a verse, one of those I hope that you'll memorize because it's something you can use every moment, every day, before you think, say, or do anything. And we'll see here Paul's words in just a moment. You know, Martin Luther said it like this, To do so no more is the truest repentance. To do so no more is the truest repentance, repentance to turn and go the opposite direction. So with that reason to hope, that good news in Christ, let's look at what something Paul says here in the book of Corinthians. He says it two times, chapter 6, verse 12, and then again in chapter 10, verse 23. And it's important every time you read anything from the book of Corinth to remember he's writing to a place and time that was known for wickedness. And the church in Corinth had had a lot of compromise and they had taken Paul's teaching about grace and said, you know, then grace means my sins are all forgiven. So they said, then that means we can do whatever we want. And in fact, they were doing some very sinful things with a lot of pride in that sin in that church in Corinth. And so here's what Paul says, chapter 6, verse 12, the first part of the sentence is what they said, a common statement in Corinth, all things are lawful for me. All things are lawful for me. What that statement meant is they were saying, you know what, if Jesus died for my sins, I'm not answerable now to God's law because he's paid for my sins, so I can then sin freely. Since there's no law I'm accountable to spiritually because Jesus is my righteousness, then all things are lawful for me. So, for instance, if it was greed, they would say, I can be as greedy as I want to be. It's lawful for me to be greedy because I don't answer to the law now because Christ has paid for my sins. So they were saying all things are lawful for me. Here's Paul's response to that. But not all things are profitable. Some translations say beneficial. All things are lawful for me. Not all things, though, are profitable or beneficial. We'll see some more of what that means here in just a moment. You know, the psalmist, Psalm 100, the first five verses give several words here that you can take. And you might choose one or two of these actions a day. And go throughout this month of Advent and say, let me use one of these today or two of these today. But just Psalm 100, 1 through 5, notice some of the action words here the psalmist says to do on a daily basis. He says this, shout to the Lord joyfully. Then he says, serve the Lord with gladness. 
Know the Lord is God. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. Many things there within that psalm. We're going to look at just a few of those here and look at what Paul has to say about this idea of, you know what, if all things are lawful for me, a better question is to say, well, is it profitable? And is it beneficial? Not just to self, but to other people. And we'll see he has an ultimate answer for how to look at life. This is Ron Johnson. He's the genius behind the Apple stores. You know, he came up with this idea. Let's put stores in the malls where people can come in. They can test an iPad or an iPhone. And people thought that's not going to attract customers. And of course, it's been enormously successful. And Ron Johnson's a strong believer. And of course, Steve Jobs founded Apple and he was a genius. Died a few years ago. But Ron Johnson shared as a believer... He got to share with Steve Jobs about his faith. And he said this to him. He said, Steve, for a person as smart as you are, you ought to take some time and think about this issue of eternity. You ought to take some time and think about this issue of eternity. Especially during this time of Advent, it's a time to stop and say, you know, what is life for me? What's the meaning for my life? Go back to January or even last Advent and say, you know, how's my life different Have I considered this eternity? Have I considered this life in Christ? Have I grown since January 1st? Have I become more like Christ? And stop and see, you know, from your own standpoint and and in prayer as well, to stop and say, you know, how far have I come? Or have I taken steps back since this last Advent or even going again to January 1st of this year? You know, Ron Johnson shared his faith with Steve Jobs and something Steve Jobs' sister shared. She was in the room when he died. She said just before he died, he looked past us like we weren't even there. And a smile on his face. And he said, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And then he died. You know, so we're looking at this picture of considering this eternity, considering this good news, considering what is the answer If all things are lawful, well, does that make it beneficial? Is that profitable for my life? We'll come back to see Paul's words here in just a moment. Just to highlight a couple words there from that psalm, though. Notice what he says here again. Shout to the Lord, serve God, sing to God, know Him better, enter His gates, give to Him, bless Him. Stop and just think about uh, one or two of these you can do on a daily basis. You know, how can you shout to God with praise in your heart and in your song? What can you do to serve Him or serve others? What's the new song He wants you to sing in your heart? What can you do during this time to know Him better? Enter into His presence. Give unto others. Be a blessing unto them. Give to God and be a blessing unto Him with your life. Those are some things to just maybe stop and say as I enter into this Advent season, let me make it the most spiritual time I've ever had in Advent. We all talk about, you know, it gets to the holidays, gets busy, and so many things start to cloud what's most important. Make it different this year. Enter into His presence. Know Him better. Start to begin to ask the question, you know what, there are plenty of things that go on in life and plenty of decisions that we can make. And you know, it may be lawful from a spiritual standpoint, but is it beneficial? 
Is it profitable to you spiritually, relationally, to other people for their lives as well? This is Nikki Tabion. She came from Iran a few years ago, and she originally, her faith was Islam, and she was having a lot of struggles in life, and she shared she was living in California and suicidal. And she lay in bed one night, and as I've shared before, the all overwhelming testimony of men and women who were previously Muslims that came to Christ said it was because they had some type of vision or Christ appeared in a dream. And she was sitting in her bed and she was thinking about suicide, so depressed. And here's what she said. I closed my eyes for a moment. It was then my heart, in my heart, I saw an image. I questioned if I just saw something real. A smile slowly spread across my face. I heard the words, follow me. I heard the words, follow me. That's the promise, the call for us. Christ speaking into our lives, come, follow me. So as we follow him into this time of Advent, let's take a few moments here, consider Paul's words and the depth of the meaning in what he is saying here. You know, Sun Tzu, the the famous writer, 500 BC, put it like this, every battle is won before it is fought. Every battle is won before it is fought. Why? Well, because it's won in the mind. It's won in the planning. It's won in the strategy. It's won in the battle for that courage and overcoming the fears. Same thing applies to us spiritually. Every battle is won. If you're facing a week and you're thinking, you know what, Wednesday is going to have a lot of challenges, the battle for that day is going to be won before it's fought if you take it to Christ and find that peace and strength in Him. On the other hand, if you're defeated by thoughts of fear and defeat, you're going to lose that battle before it's even fought. So entering into this gospel, when Jesus says, come and follow me, it's the good news that is here in this life for us today. So let us find the promise that we can live in him and know the promise of walking in that life. You know, Tiger Woods was asked years ago when he was the the number one golfer, they said to him, you know, what is it that you do that makes you so good? And he said, you know, I have a coach. And they said, well, how often do you see that coach? And he said, you know what, every day. Well, how often or how long do you work with that coach daily? And he said, eight hours. And they said, why? You're the, the best there is. Why do you spend so much time with a coach? And he said simply, you know what, because he can see things that I cannot see. A different perspective. Somebody from the outside with a different perspective. And that's what we want to take is have some time to look at a different perspective. To not just go the easy route or not just go the way maybe we have in the past, but to step back and say, let me see things from a different perspective. Not just go through the motions of another season of Advent or another season of Christmas, but to say, let me come to this one and make it the best one that it can be and then grow from that place into the next year we're coming into the time of goal setting for 2018. What do you want 2018 to look like in your life, spiritually, relationally, emotionally? How do you want to enter into his presence? How do you want to know him better? Let this time of Advent be something more than something that we have gone through in previous years. Let it be the best Advent, the most spiritual Advent, the most blessed Christmas you've ever known. 
You know, Harvard Business School teaches future perfect planning. And what they say is to see your goal as finished and you at your goal. And then step back from that finished goal and say, what was the step right before you had that goal? And then what was the step right before that step you had to take? And what was the step before that step you had to take? Same thing for us. If you saw yourself at Christmas and said, this would be the future perfect Christmas picture. And you see yourself there. And you step back and say, what do you have to do right before that day to make it so special? And what do you have to do before that step and the step before that step? And you back it all the way up until today. And then you've got a plan before you to say, well, that's what I know I need to do. So, for instance, if somebody said, you know, Harvard, I want to get into Harvard, they would see themselves already having that acceptance letter. And they'd say, well, what was the step right before you got that letter? Well, that would be the interview with the dean. What do you have to do for that interview? I had to prepare a speech for him. What do you have to do before that? I had to write an essay. What do you have to do before the essay? I did a lot of research. And you start stepping back and saying, what was the step right before that one that got me to that goal, seeing it as finished, and what had to take place each step all the way back to today? Future perfect planning. What do you want this Christmas to be? We've all known Advent seasons and Christmas and how it can simply come and go. What if we make this one different and enter into his gates, know him better? And let's use Paul's words here to stop and say, here's how you can do that. And then carry this message beyond the Christmas season. Let's go back to what he says. All things are lawful for me. That's what they said in Corinth. And Paul says, but not all things are profitable. He repeats their statement. All things are lawful lawful for me. And he says this, but I will not be mastered by anything. Two questions there we can ask right now. You know, who is the master of my life? And do the things I do and say, are they beneficial? profitable to me and to others. You know, for in Corinth, when they would say, you know what, it's fine if I'm greedy. My sins are paid for. And Paul says, then you're being mastered by greed. Do you want to be mastered by greed? Or do you want Christ to be the master of your life? When somebody else was saying, you know what, I can be selfish. Then you're being mastered by that selfishness. Paul says, I will not be mastered by anything. There's only one master, it's Christ. And so you have to say, you know what, as I make those daily decisions, who's the master of my life and what's profitable? He repeats that statement in chapter 10. He repeats their comment again, all things are lawful. And then he says again, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful. And then here's the key. He responds this time, but not all things edify. He's given several ways to gauge daily life in Christ. Does what I do and say, does it provide benefits and profitability to my life and others, spiritually, relationally? Does it show that Christ is the master of my life? And does it edify others? Does it speak hope into their life? When the angels appeared, the edification was something that still rings 2,000 years later when they spoke, I bring to you good news and tidings of great joy. We have to stop and say, you know what, do I say and do things that edify, lift others up? 
sort of that wrestling match we have with decision making, that wrestling match we have with temptations and sins. And when we stop and say, you know, well, what's the big deal? Paul says, you know what? Before you make that decision, before you say that, before you do that thing, is it beneficial? Is it profitable? Does it edify? In fact, he concludes this argument by saying this, 1 Corinthians 10, 24, Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. In the busyness of this Christmas season, to see people and to be that example in our own lives of saying, let me seek somebody else's well-being before myself. Let me make sure that I do something that's edifying, spiritually beneficial. Showing Christ is the, the master of my life. James Malachek says it so well. He says, learn to say, I will, not I want to. Learn to say, I will, not I want to. Hold different physiology and just hold different reaction in the nervous system when you say, I will, rather than I want to. So, for instance, going back to the psalm, I will shout to God. I will serve the Lord. I will sing to Him a new song. I will know Him better. I will enter His presence. I will give unto others. I will be a blessing. And I will stop and say, you know what, it may be lawful, but is it profitable? Does it edify? And does it put other people's needs and lives before my own? This is Joe Martin. Joe Martin grew up in Liberty, Florida, one of the most crime-ridden neighborhoods in Florida. His mother, she was only 16 when she gave birth. He said it was not uncommon when he was a teenager to walk down the street and see bags of drugs on the street. He said, sadly, six of his best friends were killed. Another 12 ended up in prison. He said, you know what? I would have been there too. I just didn't get caught. But he stopped and said, you know what? I want to think about others and see things from a different perspective. And he said, I love my mom and I love my sister. And I said, I need to get them out of this place. And he did. And in the process of getting them out of there, he set a record, a literal record in Florida. He became, through his work and his efforts, the youngest professor in the history of Florida. Today he goes around and teaches people, you can find a whole different life. You can have a whole different outcome. You can overcome incredible obstacles when you walk in faith and you put other people's needs ahead of your own. When you stop and say, doesn't matter if it's lawful or not, the question that's above that is, is it beneficial? And the question above that is, does it seek the needs of other people first? Max Lucado said it so well as we close. Jesus was a baby in Mary's womb, but he is a force in you. He will do what you cannot. Can't stop your addiction? Christ can, and he lives within you. Can't stop worrying? Christ can, and he lives within you. 
can't forgive, can't forget the past, can't forsake your bad habit. Christ can, and he lives in you. Picture the best Christmas. Step back, step by step. What do you have to do to get to there? How can you begin today to say, you know what, let me serve, let me know, let me give, let me bless, let me sing. And when you step into daily life, remember ultimately the good news is Christ now liveth within you. So you are never in this alone.